Hey friend, welcome to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm your host, Emily Nichols. I'm a self-care coach who is on a mission to help you get your body and mind fit through simple and sustainable self-care habits. And I get it. I'm a busy working boy mom who used to feel like a hot mess all the time until I found a solution, my own self-care routine. And friend, I want that for you too. Join us each week to hear attainable self-care tips for all areas of your life from my amazing guests or quickie episodes with me sharing my own experiences and professional wellness knowledge. After each episode, you'll leave with an action plan to start making self-care a priority in your life and get your body and mind fit. So grab a cup of coffee, glass of wine, or your favorite sparkling water, and let's do this. You're listening to episode 84 of the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. Hey gang, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you're staying warm wherever you're at. It's been a little cold here in Indiana and you know, I know January, February, sometimes into the beginning of March, it can be really a hard time. You know, it's like gray out all the time and it's cold and you just want to cuddle up on the couch and not do a lot of things. So take a few breaks for your own mental health and do some self-care activities like finding a workout or doing a dance party in your kitchen, cuddling with your kids and watching a movie and being okay with setting aside your to-do list and so on. Just do what makes you happy and really to get you feeling your best during this really great time in in, in the season, right? Also, if you're looking to work out with me, you can sign up. The link is in my show notes to have a monthly subscription for my virtual workouts. It's super affordable and a great way for us to connect and work out together. Obviously, one of my favorite forms of self-care. And you can also join me over in my free Facebook group every Wednesday. Starting this week, actually, there will be a mini workout, a workout Wednesday tip for all the members over there. Sign up in the show notes. It's free. You don't even have to like sign up. You just go and join us and, you know, come laugh and live life with us together and figure out how you can make time for yourself guilt-free and making self-care a priority. So we are in the month of February, and as you know, I used to work for the American Heart Association. February used to be the craziest, well, January into February especially, used to be the craziest time um, work-wise for me. Such a busy time, and I can't go without this month without talking to another heart mom because, as you know, I've mentioned before on the show, my oldest son, Dylan, he's almost... 13, almost a teenager now, um, was born with a congenital heart defect. And it really changed the whole, um, my whole life in a way, as far as I see my faith, the way as I saw being a working mother, how I mother my kids now, in all honesty. And I really just like to shed light on it because I can't let go of that person that I was as an employee of the American Heart Association, but also just more importantly, as a heart mom. So if you go back to episode 10, I talked with my friend Courtney Given. She's another heart mom, and we talked about what self-care looks like when it's hard, like when your child is going through um, medical procedures like open-heart surgery. Super scary, right? And your self-care kind of takes a back seat. And I wanted to revisit that again this year, and I probably will every February, because being a heart mom or a mom to um, a medically complex child, for that matter, is a very... Very special 
um, role that you play in your life. And one that is super emotional, it's draining on you physically and emotionally. And so I wanted to bring on another heart mom to give her perspective. And um, I came across and started following, I explained more in our conversation together. I came across Karen McMahon. She is another fitness professional and I heard her on a podcast and I started following her and she is a heart mom as well. She's actually a mom of three and an entrepreneur. She's a NASM certified personal trainer like me, fitness nutrition specialist and weight loss specialist with over 19 years of industry experience. And really just through these life and career experiences, she now uses motivational speaking to help others find purpose in their pain and live their best lives. And obviously she does a lot of virtual um, personal training with her clients as well. And we're not talking about fitness today. We are talking with Karen today about how you can still take care of yourself and make an impact even when life gets hard. And this is something that I know a lot of coaches do coach on when we're working with personal training clients because working out is so much more than the physical. It's the mental and emotional. It's what's going on in your life. And Karen shares her own personal experiences with us, um, some personal experience she's had throughout her life, in particular, her daughter being born with a congenital heart defect, and what self-care looked like for her back then and what it looks like now, which I think is such an important conversation. No matter if you have a child born with a heart issue or not, I think you're going to really relate to this episode. So let's get into our conversation with Karen McMahon. All right, gang. Thanks again for tuning in to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you my guest, Karen McMahon. Karen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to dig into this conversation with you. But first, I want to ask you, Karen, I ask every guest this first off, what does self-care mean to you? So self-care means to me is really doing whatever I need to do to make sure I am taking care of myself. So that sometimes means going to bed a little bit earlier because sleep is super important. Um, Sometimes it does mean booking a massage or getting my nails done because I feel like I have man hands and they're prettier with nails on. (laughs) But some uh, often it means exercising, um, doing, doing what, what I need to do to make sure this body that I am in is going to function at its best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is just, it's simply taking care of yourself and that looks different for every person. And even for every person that looks different day by day, hour by hour. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And some days, some days my self-care means I need to go on a walk in the sunshine and other days it means I literally need to lay down and take a nap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so good. So good. Well, Kieran, can you share a little bit more about who you are, kind of your story and what led you to who you are today and what you do today? Yeah. Um, and there's lots of layers to that. So just sure. let me know if we need to veer around different chapters. <laughs> no, of the, it's a loaded question. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm like, how much time do we have? Not okay. that it's all good. Cause there's plenty of baggage too, but, um, I am in my 19th year as a certified personal trainer. 
I actually graduated high school in three years and then my did my bachelor's degree in three years. So that's why I'm on the younger end of with having this long career, it kind of throws people off a little bit. Um, but I feel very blessed that I've been able to do this now more than half my life, uh, which means more than half my life I've been making money serving others. And I just feel incredibly fortunate for that. I've always had a fascination with the human body. So when I did go to college, I thought that meant I needed to be a doctor. I didn't even know personal training was a thing. Um, I realized there was an exercise physiology department and I was stoked because I love fitness. I had actually gotten Denise Austin's VHS tapes in high school and was doing workouts at home that way. I, um, I had never even had a gym membership. So um, I thought that was amazing that you could have a career in exercise, um, which kind of brought it all together for me. So it brought together my heart of serving people, but then also my love of the human body and just how it functions. And to this day, I do continuing education as often as I can, because I feel like the, what we're learning about the human body is always evolving. And so I try to stay um, up to date on that. And I truly enjoy the education on that and implementing it with clients. So in the last 19 years, what um, that transformation from one to the, where I am now has looked like was started with personal training in a gym. And actually, really, I was working the front desk at one gym. I was teaching aerobics at another um, and went to teach aerobics at a third one when one of the managers there asked if I would be interested in personal training instead. And I didn't know what that was. And she basically explained it. It's like aerobics, like you're like the aerobics instructor or the group fitness instructor. However, it's in a one-on-one -on -one basis and you design the workout for just a person and not for a class. I'm like, heck yeah, man, how do I do that? <laughs> so I got, um, a quick certification then I since gotten much, much bigger and better ones, but just enough to like legally be able to work with people and I um, got started doing that. So um, I was in a gym and like I said, working at three gyms at once. And then um, after I finished um, getting my degree and I had trained um, and worked at front desk all throughout college um, at different locations, I um, came back to Houston where I'm from and um, I had my bachelor's at 20 and at uh, 20 years old. And so I came back here. I started training full-time at that point, worked my way up um, through management and decided rather than just training in a gym, I really wanted to train people in their homes. And I felt like that was a need because at, at fast forward, I got in this time I got married year later had a baby, a year later got a divorce. And so as a single mom, I realized, and especially a young single mom, I'm 22, uh, that it's really hard to work out and have a kid, have a baby. And so I realized there was a, a big need for professionals that could train people in their homes or on site and not necessarily where the mom would have to pack up their kids and get to the gym. And so this was long before training people in their homes was a thing. I mean, people thought I was crazy that I was going to do this, so, but I did. So 
I tried it out with a few clients. They all loved it. I left the gym, loaded up my car with whatever equipment I could afford as a single mom and uh, would train people in their houses and they loved it. So I ended up building um, a little company here in Houston doing that. Fast forward from there and I started online training. So remember I started personal training before smartphones even existed. Like you had to like go home and get on your computer to check your email, like back in those days. So, um, virtual training was like really not a thing, but as soon as video conferencing was out, so like Apple's FaceTime, um, and zoom, of course, all that. So I started that with a client because they moved and still wanted me as their trainer. And it used to be a, your client moves, then you lose the client you just wish them well. And that's it. So I, I tried that out and it was great. So I ended up making another business doing that virtually training people fast forward to where we are now. And I would say 85% of my clients are online. Um, I do still have a few homes that I go to and I'm sure once the pandemic's completely lifted or over, however, that's going to look maybe next year, um, I will probably have more in person again. Um, but it's been great to be able to offer online. And I mean, I've even worked with celebrities online and people are a lot more open to that. Even some professional sports teams, um, that have allowed Uh, me and some of my colleagues to do classes for them virtually. So that's where I'm at. Um, I'm also a fitness nutrition specialist. So I do focus on nutrition as well. And I do think it's important that um, if a trainer is going to be helping a client with nutrition, they need to have some nutrition education under their belt. So my degree, I ended up getting an exercise physiology and my minor is nutrition and dietetics. That's where the education comes in. And I had started as pre-med until I realized you could do exercise stuff for a living. So I switched over and I actually thought I was going to end up being a physical therapist until I discovered personal training was a thing. And I never looked back. I was 18 years old, never looked back. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, and you were kind of ahead of the times before everyone else had to hop on the virtual training (laughs) train this past year and Right. You yeah. Know, and I, it's a whole new level. Yeah. It's just new. And so, you know, when I was doing that at first, people again, thought I was crazy. What are you doing? Kind of like when I was doing home training instead of gym, you can't work out at home. You have to be in a gym. And then I was like, you can't train someone online. You have to be in person. And, um, I think with the right mindset and a little creativity, you absolutely can do it. And, when all this hit, I actually made a Facebook post just on my personal page that if there's any trainers that have never gone online, which by the way is, was most at the time, um, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you transition. Um, I've been doing it for a long time and I'm happy to help. And that caught the attention of National Academy of Sports Medicine. Some, I don't even know who still told someone there. Um, I did their podcast. I ended up helping thousands, literally thousands of personal trainers, um, did a video series for them to really get these personal trainers up and going virtually. And that's been really rewarding because I'm in this to help people and not necessarily just gather my own clientele to train. And so 
knowing that I am helping other trainers means I'm helping their clients. And so my impact is much greater. And that's kind of my word of the year right now is impact. I want to have a really strong impact in this community. And that means helping others who help others. Mm, Yeah. Well, you definitely have a servant's heart, you know, like you said at the beginning, you've always been leading with serving others and now you're able to do it in another capacity with helping trainers. And like you said, that in turn impacts their clients too. So that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's good. And I love, I love how it came about. Um, it just that like me just seeing if people needed help now, like fast forward, I definitely like, I mean, I was on the phone for hours and hours and hours with trainers. I can't do that all day, every day. So, um, I, part of my business now is actually coaching trainers. Um, of course I'll still do like quick 10 minute phone calls if someone has a question or something, but actually coaching some of these trainers in creating their businesses or pivoting their businesses and all that. And it's just been such a rewarding new Avenue, um, for my business. And it's, I mean, it's just really great. Like that impact is strong and it helps me even me feel more fulfilled sure sure well you're definitely making an impact and that's how I came to hear of you Karen and I heard you on the NASA podcast and I started following you and it's just funny how people God kind of puts people in your own path so I was like yeah I mean I'm gonna follow her and learn some virtual training stuff and then I saw that um you have a daughter that was born with a heart problem. And I have a son that was born with a heart problem as well. He's 12, almost 13. And um, like I said, God kind of puts people in your path like that sometimes without you even knowing it. Um, And I just want to kind of bring that up because I'd like to hear a little bit more about how challenges and adversities like that in your life kind of change your perspective on your mindset and even taking care of yourself. Cause even as a mom, when you're going through something like that, you're always putting your children first, especially if they have, you know, medical needs during that time at a really scary time sometimes, but how can you continue to, you know, put yourself first, overcoming challenges and adversity and being okay with how that changes as your life changes? Yeah. So, um, and I definitely did not do it all right, which means I have learned valuable lessons from that. So my daughter was born with a congenital heart defect, but we were unaware of it. So she, she, there was a murmur at birth, but the physician at the hospital said it's normal, does not need to be scanned. She's fine. Um, her pediatrician, her whole life had said that too. And when she was three years old, just a few months before she turned four, she had an ear infection. I took her in, the nurse practitioner um, took her and, and listened to her because uh, her, my daughter's pediatrician was unavailable. And the nurse practitioner hears this murmur and just starts getting Tegan, my daughter, in all these weird positions and asks me about this murmur. And I'm just like, what about it? <laughs> Um, I, uh, truthfully, I had even forgotten that she had that tiny murmur because it literally was like nothing and hadn't been mentioned to me since she was an infant. So, um, the nurse practitioner recommended we go get 
an ultrasound on her heart just because she felt like the sound was a little off, but she wanted to leave it up to me as the mom, you know, she didn't want to step on any toes with, you know, the pediatrician and everything. And I'm like better safe than sorry. I actually almost lost my older daughter um, when she was five Um, and luckily we had gotten her to the hospital in time when her intestines had collapsed. So that was a really scary emergency. And my mom gut just told me I needed to take her in. And so in this situation, it was like, oh, I'm definitely going to get it checked. So, and thank God. So we, we went in the next week because it wasn't like an emergency and they do an ultrasound, um, and they start doing all these tests and my husband didn't even go because he had like really important work meetings that day. And it, again, it wasn't supposed to be an important doctor's appointment, right? Like it was basically just supposed to be a peace of mind kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we're in the middle of the ultrasound. My mom had come with me. Um, she worked in my daughter's preschool and actually drove my daughter there, there after training some clients. So my mom was with me and I just literally suddenly heard God speak to me. And uh, truthfully, it's the only time that I can remember actually hearing God speak to me. Not that he doesn't speak to us in other ways, but I knew for a fact at that moment, something was very, very wrong with my daughter. And I felt so at peace with it, which is incredibly bizarre. So I leaned over to my mom while they're testing my daughter and I'm like, Hey, something's really, really wrong with Tegan's heart, but God's got this. Like, it still gives me goosebumps. I got goosebumps. You just talked because I was so at peace with it. It's like God was delivering the bad news for me. So, um, I knew I had to tell my husband that he needed to get up there. Yeah. So I stepped out, I called him. I said, Hey, I really think you need to get up here to the hospital, which was 45 minutes from his office, nowhere near. And no kidding. He said, I left. I literally walked out of my meeting 10 minutes ago. Cause I just felt like I needed to be there. Yeah. So he gets there just in time. Um, and they put Tegan through so many more tests and he gets there just in time for the news of her heart. Um, was very defected. Two of her valves were deformed. There were multiple holes in her heart and she was going to need heart surgery. And my husband's crying. My mom's crying. I'm not because I feel like God already told me the news, which is so bizarre. Now let's know I broke down later, but at the time I felt very strong. Um, and, um, sometimes you don't even know how strong you are until it's your only choice. Yeah. So I did, um, I was very strong over the next few months. Uh, the surgery was scheduled for July and this was April. Her birthday was in June. So, um, she turns four, we get to the time of the surgery. And during all this, I was very strong, but truthfully, I let go of self-care. And this is where I really learned that I did not manage that time right for myself. So, I researched the heck out of congenital heart defects and surgeries. I joined groups to figure out, I wanted to know anything. I mean, I I wanted to be like a freaking heart surgeon by the moment I got up there. I wanted to know the ins and outs of everything. I had stopped working out because I didn't have time for it because I still was training all of my clients, feeding my family. And then any spare moment where I would have taken care of myself, 
I spent researching and then I spent volunteering within heart clinics and heart families. And I just, I felt so out of control with what was going to happen to my daughter that I did what I could control within that realm. And I missed out on self-care. Hey gang, cutting in real quick to tell you about my favorite meal delivery service, Cooked. They are a Chicago-based meal delivery service, and let me tell you, my family is obsessed. So Cooked offers chef-crafted meals that are cooked simply with only the purest ingredients, and they have three different meal types. So they have signature whole food meals, plant-based, vegetarian meals, and even better, Whole30 approved meals. They're an official Whole30 approved meal delivery service. In my husband's last round of his Whole30, this was a game changer. It made his Whole30 even easier, and me too, so I wasn't cooking on the meals, and the meals were delicious. We're still ordering them every week within our food freedom. So head over to eatcooked.us, and you can use the code Emily Nichols 15 to receive 15% off your first order and then Emily Nichols 5 for every order after that to receive 5% off your meals. So go check out eatcooked.us and let me know your favorite cooked meal that you receive. You're going to love it. And I nearly crashed and burned from it. And I gained a lot of weight, which made me feel terrible about myself, especially considering what I do for a living. Um, everyone was understanding, of course, because of what we were going through, but it just, it shows like in hindsight, I feel like I would have, I would have been so much better off committing even just 30 minutes a day to what my own self-care and not caring for others. But we do get through the surgery and she did great and things are wonderful. Um, and fast forward, I feel like I wanted to put a purpose to that pain that we went through. So I have since spoken at many events back when we could do big, large group events um, with American Heart Association. I joined the board for the Texas chapter for um, the Children's Heart Foundation. And um, I really just wanted there to be more purpose to the pain that we went through. And I wanted to make a difference for others. So we've like me personally at events I've spoken at have raised over $2 million for research for congenital heart defects as amongst um, a lot of other things that we've done. And I feel like that's something we can all learn from is that we are all going to go through something, whether it's a heart surgery of your child or the loss of a loved one. Um, I actually lost my best friend the month before Tegan was born. Um, and so we're all going to go through something, right? And so if you can find a purpose, a greater purpose for that pain, then not, I, I would not say it's worth it, but it's more purposeful yeah. and you can be more impactful And honestly, you can just be a better human because of what you've been through. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally relate to that so much, Keridan, because I know when my son, when we got his diagnosis, we didn't know until he was about five hours old. My husband and I throughout his whole um, first year, because he had a couple of surgeries that first year, we just felt felt a sense of calm and faith and that he was going to be okay. 
Um, and now he's almost 13 and we're getting closer to another open heart surgery. And we still feel that calm and faith. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a little anxiousness about it at the same time, of course, but finding some type of sense of control, like, like I was the Google queen of tetralogy of flow. I could tell you everything (laughs) inside and out and, you know, you know, raising money for organizations for research, because as a mom, you can't do anything. Um, but you can take care of yourself and be able to still show up for your kids in the long run. And, you know, your self-care is going to change and look different during that time. And like you said, you're, you're more aware of it now though, too. And you have such a purpose and you can show people training clients, whomever you speak to, how they can go through adversity and still be okay with themselves and still find some sense of control and purpose through their life too. Absolutely. And, um, within on that, one of the lessons I learned is how important sleep is, which I think sleep does not get enough credit for how important it is, but this is something that happened while we were there and it's different now. So, um, at the time at Texas children's hospital, which has the number one heart center for children in the world. So we felt very lucky that we lived an hour from there. However, in their cardiovascular ICU, there is nowhere for parents to sleep. So this was built like a really long time ago. And so that wasn't a thing. Now, just over the last, I think it came out at the end of 2019, actually, there's a new tower where parents can sleep with their kids. However, at the time there wasn't. And so where parents go to sleep or these almost like lounge chairs on a different floor. Well, over my dead body was I leaving my child. Right. So I literally was awake for three days straight Mm -hmm. and I was sitting in this really uncomfortable chair next to her bed. I would lean my head down on the mattress, but like, I mean, you don't sleep like that. Hello. So I'm on day three, literally like almost seeing things at this point, all my emotions are stretched thin. Things are not going perfectly, which why would they? I mean, your child just had open heart surgery and I nearly lost it like full mental breakdown to a point that my husband ends up calling one of my friends who's a physician and is like, is there any way you can prescribe some sleep pills that I can like force on keratin? Um, and, and Tegan was still in her like surgery bed. That is not the name of it, but basically the bed, they wheel them back from surgery. Uh So it's small. Well, they switched her to a twin size bed. And because she's so little, I could get in it with her. I took one of these sleeping pills. I got, I think I got like six hours of sleep maybe, which was the most I had in literally three days. And I woke up like a whole new human Uh and was better able to care for her. Uh And I mean, if we don't care for ourselves, we can't care for others. And I am a very stubborn, headstrong, like I'm going to take care of my child no matter what, which I think I proved with three days awake. But you know what else I proved is I was losing it because I did not take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that time, I literally would only leave to go to the bathroom. And I would only do that if she was completely asleep. And I would like sprint to the bathroom and back. I mean, barely eating, not sleeping. I wasn't taking care of myself. And then once I did, once I really ate and slept, I could care for her better. And I think we can all relate to that in our day-to-day lives. Yep. 
such a good example. You know, we all face adversities and we get to the point where it's just overwhelm and burnout or something is just consuming us. And just that small example of you just getting one restful night. I mean, I'm sure your mindset changed just within that time. Like, oh, you felt so much more clear. You felt so much more able to show up for your daughter. And that can apply towards, like you said, every day, any situation anyone's going through, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as we wrap up, what, you know, what you have so much hope and purpose in your life, like what inspirational words would you leave for a listener who's listening today where they're going through a very challenging time in their life? They're going through something just really freaking hard. This whole year has been really hard for a lot of people. What would you tell them to give them some type of hope or purpose to move forward and continue with what they're with just with their lives? Well, first I will say is acknowledging that it sucks because I think sometimes people are like, just focus on it'll get better and you'll be okay. And it's almost like a denial thing. Yeah. Yeah. Frankly, that situation may really freaking suck and it's not fair. And And I think it's, I think you have to acknowledge that. Yes. Acknowledging it is actually, I think a really important thing. So like I had mentioned, my best friend died a month before Tegan was born. She was actually murdered. Mm -hmm. And I was so mad and it's not fair. And you know what? It's not fair. It's really not. And just accepting that and not to dwell on it, but all of the, like, she's in a better place and all that just would make me more mad. What, what was most comforting to me were the friends that were like, you know what? It's not fair. It's not like, it's not fair that you are not going to have your best friend as your child is born. And you're going to go through all these moments of that. And that's not fair. And that to me, just the acknowledgement of it was so important. So same thing with my divorce, um, with Tegan's heart surgery, acknowledging the suckiness of it. And then knowing that some kind of good will arise. Mm -hmm. So we may not see it at the time. In fact, when Tegan was taken, when she was wheeled back for her heart surgery, I had asked our pastor to come be with us. And I literally prayed to God that um, I knew she was his first and that this may be where her story on this earth ends and that the greater purpose might come from the story of the loss of her. And I, I sat in that and knew that it was not in my control and that, and I just begged God to give me the strength to find the purpose, whether it's with Tegan continuing on this earth or not. Yeah. And I will tell you that because I, I fully in faith gave her life over to him, that when she did come back from surgery, it meant so much more to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember just telling my husband afterwards, like, God gave us more time. Like her story and the purpose was not in the loss of a child, although so many moms have had that story. 
our, our purpose and story is going to look different. Mm-hmm. And I think it, acknowledging that and knowing that there is some kind of purpose to the pain you're going through and it's okay if you don't see it right now, but you will at some point and be open to that, be open to what that might be. So losing my best friend in such a horrific way, it's still not fair. It's still not okay. But you know what it did is I value my friendships so much more. Um, I truthfully know that when I hang up with someone, it could be the last time I hang up with them and I'm going to love them hard because it might be my last chance to love them hard. Mm -hmm. And so I really think I am a better friend because I lost such an important one to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. So good, Karen, because so many people are going through so many things and when you're going through the suckiness of it, it's hard to see the purpose in it. But in hindsight, when you learn and grow and grieve and acknowledge those feelings, going forth with a purpose. I think while, you know, while you're in it, know that it's okay if you don't see the purpose right now, Yeah. but you will one day. And sometimes survival, survival was a big word for me in 2018, actually. Yeah. And, um, I wasn't in a day to day, like what greater purpose am I going to find? It was more like, what can I do to survive today? What can I do to survive Mm -hmm. and get to the next day? I've, I've struggled severely with depression and there were some days I didn't even want to survive, but I had to. And if, if you're in that spot, do what you have to do to survive. And that does mean self-care and your self-care can look very different than other people's. It may mean reaching out to a therapist. It may mean taking a nap daily. I went through a point where I had to take a nap every single day because mentally I could not function in the afternoons. And as silly as that may sound, it helped me tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. So self-care is incredibly important when you are in that survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do though. It's hard Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's very hard to do. And if you can find someone that you can turn to, and it doesn't even have to be one of your typically close friends. So I actually had a friend I turned to from my church that it's not someone that we went out a lot or went to dinners or bunch, but it was a good fit for me to be able to text her and she could text me and, and just have almost like a dear diary outlet. Mm, I love that. that. Yeah. So if, if you can find someone that you trust in that regard, and if not, I mean, that is what counselors and therapists are there for. for And there is no shame and reaching out to a counselor and therapy. In fact, I wish it was required that every human had like a mandatory counselor that they had oh to turn gosh. to. How helpful would that be? I mean, everyone. I feel like we, this world would be a better place if Seriously. everyone just talked to somebody. <laughs> just to get all that stuff out, like tremendous, tremendous progress. That's for sure. Well, and it's like, if you think of it, like you're carrying a really heavy tray 
And sometimes some of us only have one or two things on our tray. Mm. Other times we have a hundred and it would be a heck of a lot easier if someone could help us carry it. Mm. And sometimes that means they're going to put one or two fingers under the tray. Sometimes it means they're going to put both hands under the tray, but oftentimes you need help. And that is part of self-care is being able to ask for help and get help when you need it. Yeah. No one is meant to do this alone. That's true. So, so true. And that's what we're trying to inspire people with the show and what we're talking about today. I mean, overcoming adversity and just living life with purpose. And you are absolutely doing that. And I know you're inspiring your clients and your followers to do just the same. So Karen, thank you so much for this conversation. And can you tell everyone where they can connect with you online and follow along? Of course. And thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here. So my website is keridonfitness.com and that's K-E-R-I-D-O-N-F-I-T-N-E-S-S.com. Um, and the same handle on Instagram at Keridon Fitness. And I am, I'm real active on Instagram. That's where you'll find me the most, but you can find more about me on my website too. Awesome. And I'll make sure to include a link to all that on the show notes as well. So everyone can easily get to you. So Karen, thanks so much for this conversation. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you so much, Karen, for this conversation. I so enjoyed talking to you and I so appreciate you just being so vulnerable and sharing your heart with us. I know a lot of mamas listening out there are going to really relate to what we talked about today. So gang, make sure to go give Karen a follow. You can find a link to all of her things, all of the sites, all of the socials in my show notes. Let's talk about my three biggest takeaways from this episode. Number one, it's okay if you lose self-care for a time frame. I get it. You have a new baby. Your kiddo goes into the hospital. You have a change in your schedule, your job, for example. It's okay. However, like Karen had mentioned, in hindsight, she would have been so much better off if she committed to a small amount of time to herself. Like Karen had mentioned, if we don't care for ourselves, we can't care for others. So, for example, her sleep example, she proved she was there for her kid. She was, you know not sleeping, wouldn't leave the room, but she also improved the importance of taking care of herself because her mental and physical health was declining because she wasn't getting such an essential part of your health, which was sleep. So thinking about tiny little things you can do as far as what self-care looks like for you when you're going through a hard time, it's still okay to take care of yourself. It's just going to look a little bit different. So find those little pockets of time where maybe you could go to bed a little bit earlier, have a break time where you turn off all technology. It could be as simple as just making a hot cup of tea and reading five pages of a book, even if it takes you 10 years to finish that book. Something really, really small to help you get in that mindset where you're able to show up better for those around you that you love. It will best serve you in the long run. I guarantee it. Number two, there is purpose to your pain. And I struggled with this one a little bit. I struggle with this one because... I know there's a lot of mamas out there who have gone through 
much worse things than I ever have with my son, Dylan. He is a healthy 12-year-old. Yes, we're getting closer to having another open-heart surgery, but I feel really great about it because of his team and how healthy he is and the advancements we've made in um, heart technology and medical um, advances since he was born 12 years ago. And I feel like there was purpose to my pain at the time, but I know when you're going through a really, really hard time, it's hard to see that when you're going through it. Now, you can be more impactful because of what you have been through. You know, like I mentioned before, I started working for the American Heart Association. I started sharing his story. I started connecting with other heart families. I still all the time get connected with families like, hey, Emily, we know you have a son born with a heart problem. I know so-and-so. Would you be willing to talk to their mom? And I'm like, absolutely, because that was the most comforting thing for me when I was going through it was talking to other moms that were in the thick of having their child diagnosed with a congenital heart defect. So like Karen mentioned, acknowledge the suck. Acknowledge that it's super unfair, but just don't get stuck there. The purpose to your pain can actually be the impact, like I, like I just mentioned. I was able to help others, serving others, and just being open to what that purpose could be. And you may not see that purpose to your pain right now. It's not going to be immediate. It might not even be next week, next month, six months, one year from now. But someday there may be a purpose to whatever pain you're going through right now. You can embrace the suck and that is unfair. We don't want you to get stuck there. But have that in the back of your mind moving forward. And number three, do what you can to survive. And that does mean self-care. And it's going to look very, very different. So I loved this analogy of the tray that Karen gave us. So you're carrying this tray, you're trying to balance all the things, you're wobbly, maybe you're walking in really high heels too, just to make it on a tightrope, just to make the analogy even more out there. Because sometimes that's how life feels, and especially if you're going through a hard time. But what self-care can look like during this time, like I mentioned, there's little things you can be doing, but one of the most important things you can be doing is to ask for help. Ask for someone to help you carry that tray, carry that burden. And like Kara mentioned, it could be something really tiny where someone just kind of helps you balance the tray. Or it could be a lot where someone's going to take that tray and carry it for you. Asking for help, whether it be through your loved ones, friends, professional help like therapists and counselors, um, support groups for that matter, there is no shame in that. So when you're going through a hard time, let someone else help you balance or carry that tray. Asking for help is going to serve your mental and emotional health in the long run and open up more avenues for you to actually start making room for self-care without you feeling guilty about it because of whatever you're going through at the time. So I hope you take all of this, all of my takeaways today with a grain of salt. Happy Heart Month to all of the heart families out there. One in 110 children are born with a congenital heart defect. And there's over, gosh, I think it was over 30 different type of heart defects. All of them look completely different. Even the same ones have different complexities. But what I have learned from having a child with a congenital heart defect is they're the, the, the toughest people I know and Dylan did help me get through to finding purpose to my pain and what he was born with. And 
there is purpose to his story as well and what he is going to become and the person he already is now at just 12 years old. It's made him the person he is. It doesn't totally define him, but it's definitely up-leveled a lot of things about my son, and I'm really proud of him for that. So gang, make sure to give me a follow over on Instagram at emilynichols22. I have some very exciting announcements coming over the next few weeks. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, join my free Facebook group so we can connect over there a little bit further. Get some free workouts and little mini workouts in there as well. And you can also sign up for my newsletters and linked in the show notes as well. The people, the friends on my newsletter and free Facebook group, they are the first to know with upcoming fun things I'm offering, free stuff we're doing, and big changes coming to the show in the next few weeks, and I don't want you to miss out on that. So go to the show notes. All the things are there, and I'm sending you all lots of love and letting you know that it's okay if you're going through a hard time right now, but there can be purpose to your pain. It is okay to ask for help. And it is okay to take care of yourself too while you're trying to take care of everyone else when you're going through that hard time. Sending lots of love to you all. See you next week.